0: Jesus, we do pour out our praise to you today, God. It's why we have come. You are the reason that we are here today. God, we're not here for any other reason but to worship you because you are worthy. God, I pray that the words that we just sang, God, I pray that the anthem that we just raised would become our lifestyle. God, I pray that it would transition from a Sunday song, God, to all week long, God. God, I pray today that people who've walked in here, God, with a spirit of heaviness, God, maybe a spirit of brokenness, God, maybe, maybe a spirit of loneliness today, God, I pray that they today would experience what it's like in your presence. Because, God, our praise breaks the chains. And no weapon formed against us. No weapon formed against us will prosper. You didn't say there wouldn't be any weapons formed against us. You just said they wouldn't prosper. Because we're on the winning side today, God. And I pray for those that are here today that are discouraged. I pray you'd encourage them through the power of the Holy Spirit, God. I pray for your some of your children, God, that have wandered off. God, I pray today that you'd bring them back and I pray that they would realize today that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, that brings us to that U-turn to where we turn around and find out that you never left us. You never forsook us, God. You were with us the entire time as we tried to outrun you. We couldn't because surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house and God I just want to say it's good to be in the house today it's good to be in the house God it's good to feel your presence Holy Spirit and we thank you for that we don't take it for granted God we don't want to play church God we're not here to impress you we are here because we have been impressed by you God and so today Jesus do not just stir us do not just speak to us God Change us, I pray. Change us today, God. I pray today for physical healings today. I pray today for spiritual healings today. I pray today for emotional healings today, dear God. I pray today for sexual healing today, dear God. We love you and we worship you and you alone. You alone. You alone, God, are worthy of all. The glory and all the praise, God. You're the hero of this story. And all the glory belongs to you. And so I ask you, Lord, I humble myself today. And I ask you to speak through me, God. You have spoke to me, now speak through me, Jesus. I've given you this message and this day in private. And I give it to you in public today. And I ask that your fire would fall. Consume everything that's not of you. Set the captives free today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Great job. Can we just put our hands together one more time? Let's just thank the Lord for good music and the band and our all access, which is production, because it takes so much to do what we just experienced, you understand that that doesn't just happen. And I'm thankful our music doesn't suck. That's what I'm talking about. Can I just be real? I'm from Tennessee. I'm just gonna say it like that. I'm just thankful, man, that we don't gotta come to church and put up with music. I'm thankful that, man, it encourages us to sing more, right? And and uh, man, why why are people lifting their hands? Why are people lift their hands in church? Are they doing that to be seen? Are they doing that to make a scene? Can I tell you this? That David, who was a man after God's own heart, wrote so much of the Psalms, and the Psalms were songs. And he could not help but express his love. What he felt on the inside, he had to speak to the outside. And in Scripture, it says that there are two ways that we worship God. Number one, we worship Him audibly with our mouth, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Did you understand that? If you don't give God glory, God can get it from a rock. I don't want no rock taking my place. Uh Uh-uh. Right? Uh Uh-uh. So audibly and visually, all through scripture, it says we're to lift our hands to heaven. And if you feel uncomfortable to do that, you don't have to do that. But I would just say this. I would challenge you to Stretch. I don't like to stretch. I stretch every time I work out. It's not my favorite part of the workout. But you know, life gets tight sometimes. And life can kind of pull things here and there. And if we're not careful, what will happen is life will keep our hands down instead of our hands raised. And when you raise your hands to heaven, hell fears because they understand the power of prayer. And so this has nothing to do with the message. It has everything to do with maybe what we need to hear today. So next Sunday, we're going to have a night of worship. And this is such a special time. It's a special time. And I just want to really encourage you. Last, uh, last week, I called out Blackwater. Got to go to Blackwater. Got to preach there live. That was great. And we had guys sitting down Well, they were singing. And you know, we, man, shame off you. It's not shame on you, but we also believe in leadership. Amen. Amen. And so I got up and I was like, hey, let me just be clear. This is not our culture. It's not our culture to sit down when we sing, man. We're going to stand up like some of us been sitting too long. We need to stand up for Jesus. Are you with me? And if you can't stand for him in church, how can, how are you going to stand for him during the week when you're not around God's people? Are you with me? You with me? And so, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the courtesy clap. I know you can do better than that. I believe in you. (laughs) Great job. Great job. So, but now, here's what I want to do. I want to call everybody out, every campus, Blackwater, you're going to have your own night of worship. But I want to call every person. If you say, I go to Momentum, Momentum is my home. I want you to come tonight of worship. And I don't want you not to come Sunday morning because you have plans Sunday night, going tonight of worship. And I don't want you to not come Sunday night because you come to church Sunday morning. Unless, can we just give God Sunday? Can we just do that? Can we just give God Sunday? I think that would just be amazing. And so I want to encourage everybody. As your pastor, I'm asking you and I'm encouraging you and I'm guiding you To come to something, I'm shepherding you, to come to something that you need to be at. And so come to that. Some of y'all never even been, never even been. And I would just encourage you not to miss it. Well, I got to work. Ask someone to work for you. Trade. Say, I'll work for you. Cover me. I'll cover you. We can do that. You know, well, you know, I might have to wash my hair that night. Well, wash it some other time. You know, it's going to interfere with this. He's worthy. He's worthy, okay? I feel like preaching today. Is that all right? I'm fired up. Let's get into it because my clock is ticking. My clock is ticking, man. Let's get into it. We're in this series called Dream, Dream, Dream. And we've been talking about this, that God's dreams for you and I are way bigger than our dreams for ourselves. That the world says if we can believe it, we can achieve it. But the gospel turns it upside down. And the gospel says if we will receive it, we can achieve it. So the power of the gospel is Christ in me. Are you with me? So when I study and prepare, when I pray, when I cry before the Lord before I come to you, because I don't want to serve stale bread. When I prepare my heart before the Lord to speak to you and, and for God to speak to me, I ask God to meet me here again. What I know is that I'm not enough. Never have been. And by myself, never will be. Now, there were times I thought I was. People say, you ready? I say, I was born ready. Yeah, born ready to cry, poop, (laughs) make a mess, right? Are you with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have it together. I need Jesus. So I pray today and I try to pray every day. God, I ask you for all the grace and the mercy I so desperately need today. No man is stronger, no woman is more powerful than when you hit your knees and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we sang and we raised our hands, while we were doing it was not so you'd be impressed. We didn't care what you thought, we cared about what he thought. We were singing to him, we were desperate for him. We were asking for more of him. Because life's too hard. And our work weeks are too long. And so today is about God doing something in here. Are you with me? So dreaming. So it's not wrong to dream. You should dream. You ought to ask God for dreams. Some of us, it's been a while since we dream. We need need to dream again. But God doesn't just want you to dream for your sake. God wants you to dream for heaven's sake. God wants you to dream for their sake. And so God has wired us. He's hardwired us with a dream on the inside. And when God gives you a dream, let me tell you something. There will always be, always be fear. Insecurity will always surface. When God leads us to the moment that he reveals his dream for us, Moses at the burning bush. I want you to go to my people. By the way, can I give you a little context real quick? So we've been talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. Abraham, Joseph's great-grandfather. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was Joseph's father. Joseph is now, where we pick up today, he is sold as a slave. I love how that works out. With what tomorrow is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The injustice. He's sold as a slave by his brothers. Just think about that for a minute. And he's sold as a slave and he's carried to Egypt. God would so bless him and so bless him in such a way that literally his family would live in Egypt for 400 years. And then God, full circle would speak to a man at a burning bush named Moses. And he would tell Moses to go set his people free. Are you with me? Are you with me? So interesting. So interesting. Today, I want to I preach to you today on the dream tester. The dream tester. See, when God gives a dream, when God gives a God-sized dream, the truth is the enemy will always, always... Send temptation to test your dream. Not just to test it, but to destroy it. Did you hear what I said? When God gives you a dream for your life, the enemy wants to bust it up. And the way that he does that is the dream tester. That's temptation. And God doesn't tempt us. You need to understand that. God does not tempt us, James chapter 1. Let, let nobody say when he's tempted, I'm tempted to God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and neither does God tempt anyone. God never tempts us. Jesus would pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us from temptation or deliver us from temptation. The devil tempted Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights. And if he tempted Jesus, you'd think, don't think for a second, he won't tempt us. We're doing a fast right now. By the way, it was at the end of Jesus' fast that Satan came and tempted Jesus. Some of y'all have never been tempted so bad as you have in this fast. Because Satan wants to tempt you when you're weak. And when you're hungry, you're weak. Jesus, no food or water for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was tested. The dream tester is temptation. Now, God will test us. Make no mistake. God will test our character. Because he understands that character counts. And the truth is today, all of us wrestle with temptation. Everybody here. Everybody here wrestles with temptation. Now, your own lust, James chapter 1, your own lust. In other words, not, not even just a sexual thing, but we all are tempted with different things. You, some person may be tempted over here. And they're tempted uh, maybe by sex. Someone over here, they're tempted in a different way. The enemy will tempt you. And the goal of temptation, the goal of temptation is to pull the rug out from underneath you. The goal of temptation is so that you will commit the sin and the devil will win. Are you with me? But there's no temptation taking you for such is common to man. For every temptation you and I have been given, God will make a way out. He'll make a way of escape. So we don't have to give in to temptation. Say it with me. We don't have to give in to temptation. We don't have to. The enemy wants you to. The enemy knows exactly what you like. The enemy knows your favorite flavor of ice cream. He knows your favorite flavor when it comes to temptation. And he will wait. The other night, our family, we were watching a movie. all fell asleep. I think it was Friday night. We all fell asleep on the couch. You know, it's one of those where you're so tired. You know, you're so tired and the TV is so loud, you know. And you wake up and it's a commercial, 20% louder. Thank you. And you wake up and the TV's screaming at you, but you're too tired to find the remote. It's like, who had the remote, you know? And then you're too tired to get out. And you're like, I'm just going to lay here a little bit longer. Any of y'all ever do that? Then you wake up again, the TV's yelling at you, it's commercial. And you're like, I just need to go to bed. And you sit up, you know, and then you, you, you know, that whole thing going on. Well, I was doing that and, and uh, when the movie was over, it, it uh, went to the animal kingdom and it was talking about lions. It was talking about how they prowl, how they wait, how they hide, how they hide, how they are out to get their prey. And I just thought about the enemy. Today, I want to talk to you about... The life of Joseph. He is sold. And what does temptation have to do, Pastor Tim? We're in a series about dream. You're going to talk about temptation? Absolutely. Because God does have a dream for you. And God wants that dream to be fulfilled in you. And that dream is not just for you. That dream is for a whole lot of people. And temptation is the thing that the enemy wants to use to take us out. So here's the takeaway. It's real simple. If you don't remember the stories, the illustration, the references, maybe even the scripture. Um, I want you to remember this. Here's the phrase that pays. Are you ready? Here it is. Ready? Run from sexual sin. Say it with me. Run from sexual sin. Say it one more time. Run from sexual sin. That's right. Run from it. And that actually is, is uh, that was written by Paul. Um, to the Corinthian church in a time where their church was having crazy sexual sins, even among the church. And Paul penned those words to the church in Corinth in the New Testament to run from sexual sin. Let's look at the life of Joseph. Genesis 39 is where we're at. Genesis 39, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, By the way, we talked last week about Abraham. Abraham got ahead of God. He tried to do it his way, right, with Hagar. And so he slept with his wife's maid and had Ishmael. And now a couple generations down the road, all of a sudden, now Ishmaelites, right? Ishmael was the father of all the Arabs. And Ishmael is, and Ishmaelites are making their way to Egypt. They're trading, and there's Joseph and the brothers. Instead of killing him, they sell him. And now Joseph finds himself away from his father's love, away from his father's favor, away from his brothers. That probably was actually a breath of fresh air. But he finds himself being the son of a very wealthy man to now being a slave. And he was purchased by a guy by the name of Potiphar. Look at it. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Can I say here that Joseph was still a teenager? The Lord, verse 2, was with Joseph. We're going to see this over and over and over again. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. How many of you would like to succeed in everything that you do? In your business, right? In your finances, In your family, in your parenting, in your marriage? How many of you would just like to just be successful? I mean, you like your face on the front cover of Success magazine, right? And your kids just praise you. And your spouse just praise you. And everyone you work with, they're just like, man, that every... Listen, that can happen. It did for Joseph. But Joseph's heart belonged to God. That's the secret. That's the secret. Again... It's not so much about us reaching our dreams because we believed it and achieved it as much as it is surrendering to God. That's the key word in the Christian life is surrender, us surrendering to God and saying, have your way. Not what I want, not my will, but your will. And the devil always tried to talk us out of it and fear will always try to keep us from it. But God is a good father and he has a great dream for you. And God... Did not abandon Joseph. It's going to seem like it. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. He what? He served. He didn't swerve. He served. He realized that when he went to work, he was to work. He didn't leverage work and cheat during work hours to do what he wanted to do. He leveraged his work for work, and he worked hard. And he didn't just do it for Potiphar, but he worked as unto the Lord. My question for us today is when you go to work, who do you work for? Are you working to please your boss? Are you working to please the powers that be? Are you working uh, for the leadership team? Or are you working for God? Because when you realize that you're actually not just working for them bigger picture, bigger dream, you're actually serving God, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, a pastor, a stay home at mom, a school teacher, whatever you're doing, when you realize that whatever you do, we can do it as unto the Lord, and the Lord is watching, that's a game changer. Y'all got to talk back a little bit more. I just preached at Blackwater last week, and I told him, I was like, man, I looked out, and I was like, Gulf Breeze got to bring it they they a little bit too quiet. I said, you guys get it. So I'm just telling you today, I believe in you. It's okay. You talk in church. All right? You're going to talk to the TV in a few hours watching a football game. All right? Don't just sit there, right? All right, come, come on. I told him. I said, come on. This is a two-way man, right? When you talk back, you, you help me. Yeah. That's what I told him. I told him. Yeah, boy. Just let that just sit in your spirit for a minute. Come on. I'll pray for a fired up church. You know what I'm saying? People come, they come expecting the word of God. They don't just sit soaking sour, man. They don't swerve. They come to serve. And that is exactly what Joseph did. He came to serve the Lord. And it didn't matter that he was slave. It didn't matter that he was wrong. It didn't matter that his brother sold him out. What mattered is that he knew that the eyes of the Lord were watching. And wherever he was, whatever he did, it wasn't so much about what he did as it is about who he did it for. And I want to tell you something. That's better. I just want to clap you guys. That's better. Oh, my God. And like the dead come into life right then. Listen, it's not so much what you do. God has a perfect plan for you. And if you surrender, God will put you right. You don't got to worry about, should I be this or should I be that? Don't worry about that. You just follow Jesus step by step. Are you with me? But what I do want you to understand today, what does matter is that you realize what you do. You realize why you do what you do. And you realize what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. Because you're doing it to the one Who matters? The one that... I'm telling you now, y'all doing good. Y'all doing good. And that's what Joseph does. And so Potiphar, watch this now, he noticed this. He noticed that God was with him. And he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. By the way, it's the Lord's presence that caused us to succeed. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon, that means quickly made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and his property, someone say responsibility. If you want responsibility, you better be able to be responsible. Sometimes in work, we great because they just don't trust me. I just, I need to make more. They're not paying me enough. Well, maybe we're not being responsible enough. Because if we will be responsible, you know what happened? Responsibility will come to us. I know as an employer, as a boss, we got 14 full-time people at the church. I'm not looking for people who are trying to get out of work. I'm looking for people that are willing to work. Are y'all with me? Right? So don't just work, man. Work to the Lord. And whatever you do, God will help you succeed. Now watch this. I love this phrase. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord, someone say the Lord, the Lord. began to bless. Someone say bless. bless. He blessed Potiphar's household. Why? For Joseph's sake. See, wherever you work, because you know Jesus, and if you don't, you're here today and you don't know God. I'm not talking to you right now. You can jump on Facebook. I'm talking for people, you know, you can get on the gram. I'm talking to people that know Jesus. I'm talking about people that name the name of Jesus. God ought to be able to bless your boss because he's blessing you. Your boss should know that he is successful because you're on his team and you fear the Lord. Your boss may not even believe in God, may not even love God, may not even care about God, but he can, she can recognize that God is with you. And because God is with you, they're better off for it. That's what's happening on in this story. And so all his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete and admin responsibility over everything he owned. And with Joseph there, Potiphar didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. Nothing wrong with that. And I... Notice how scripture says a very handsome and well-built young man. Some of you ladies, y'all can make that your life first right there. Just believe in God. I'm believing for a very handsome God. I I I don't want butt ugly. I don't just want handsome God. I want very handsome and a well-built God. Give him some muscles. Come on, ladies. I'm trying to preach. Some of the guys sitting out there just went like this. Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Can I tell you today that eyes have a way of infecting one's heart? She said, come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Someone say refused. <coughs> By the way, do you understand something? The Ten Commandments not even been written yet. Moses hadn't even been born. So the whole thou shalt not commit adultery hadn't even been penned yet. But it's always right to do right. But Joseph refused. He said, look, he told her, my master trust. And this is so huge. John Maxwell talks about trust all the time in his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. He talks about the word trust and he talks about the law of solid ground. That trust is the foundation of leadership. He said, my master trust me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. And I I think he was kind of even saying you. No one here. Not even you. Like, I get that you're his wife, maybe one of his wives during that time. But, like, he's given me all authority and all power is what he's saying. And he's held back nothing from me except you. Now, watch this. Because you are his Wife. wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin. Not a little sin. It would be a great sin against... What's the next word? Against God. You see, this would not be a sin against his master, but also a sin against his maker. And when we sin against those whom God has put over us, we're sinning against God. You need to think about that. When you sin... Against the people that God has put over you in your life, you're actually sinning against God. And you think, well, I just did, I just did wrong. I, I just tell God, I'm sorry. And God's like, no, no, no. No, to love God is to love people. And yeah, you wronged me. Absolutely. But you wronged him. Go make it right. You wronged her. Go make it right. And sometimes we just think, I was just against them. But David would even later pin the words, God against you and you only have I sinned. Like, that's what matters. It's what matters. When we sin against God. By the way, Joseph's commitment to God is what led him to have loyalty to his master. I wonder these days, where did commitment go? I wonder, where's commitment at? It's like commitment been hiding. You know what I'm talking about? Like, where did commitment go? I mean, anymore today, when it comes to relationships. Commitment, man. Man. It can come and it can go. Commitment's a powerful thing. And Joseph was committed to God. When you're committed to God, you're not committed to the devil. When we're committed to the devil, we're not committed to God. Commitment. Can't serve two. Can't serve two masters. His commitment. And temptation, the goal of temptation is always to take out trust. So verse 10, she kept putting the pressure on day after day. Sexual harassment. That's what that is. Now he should have probably, he could have been doing that to her. I mean, she probably was the finest woman. I mean, she probably, I'm telling you, she was ten. Potiphar had a hot wife. Smoking hot wife. I promise you. This woman was beautiful. And this wasn't Joseph, just like, oh man, I shouldn't be like I shouldn't be like flirting with her and all these desires in my heart about her and thinking all these thoughts, God help me not to do that. No, no, no. She was targeting him. And he had the wherewithal to resist and refuse. But he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. You know what that means? Implication. She kept putting herself in front of him. She kept, okay, well, Joseph, he's going to be there. Okay, he's got to go to the bank today. Okay, I'm going to make sure I'm right here. When he comes around the corner, I'm going to have my perfume on. When he comes around here, I'm going to be looking, because I know he's going to come around this way, out this door, and I'm just going to look, and I'm going to look lustfully. And Joseph knew. And so you know what he did? He knew how to bounce the eyes if you work out in a gym, listen, you need to learn to bounce the eyes. You may see something you shouldn't see. And that's not wrong. What's wrong is how long you're looking at what you shouldn't see. Right. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Billy Graham used to talk about when he preached the word of God and he'd look out. And he would look out and as he's preaching, a woman would bend over and the shirt would go down. And, and there were breasts right there while well, he's preaching. And and I want to tell you something. Preachers aren't perfect. Preachers are tempted too. And a preacher is a man or a woman. Whichever one. They're tempted too. Are you with me? And Billy Graham, he was a man. And he would talk about when he would see that, he'd bounce the eyes. He's like, Lord, protect my mind. Because our mind is ready to go. Our body is ready to go. Temptation says, man, it's all perfect. You are set up. Come on, let's do this thing. Temptation always seems easy, refusing is always hard. It's always hard. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said the time is always right to do what is right. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. He will not allow you the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Someone say endure. Someone say perseverance. Someone say grit. We're talking about spiritual grit. One day, however, verse 11, no one else was around when he went to do his work. And she knew that. She came and she grabbed him by his cloak or his coat demanding, come on, sleep with me. Now she's not just asking him. Now she is demanding him. By the way, he knew who she was. He knew where Potiphar was because he was in charge of Potiphar and his business. He knew no one else was in the house. He knew he could do this and get away with it. He knew it would be awesome and fun and feel good because sin is fun for a season. He knew no one was there. He knew he wasn't going to get caught. No one's going to ever know. Dad's not going to know. I'm a long ways from home. And maybe after being thrown in a pit, maybe after being a prisoner and scrubbing the floors, maybe he thought, I deserve this. I tell you what, the enemy will tell you that. The enemy will tell you, you deserve this. You love her. She loves you. You, you Y'all deserve to be happy. But she's not your wife. He's not your husband. You're teenagers. You're not married. The Bible says it's good for men not to touch a woman. You with me? We talk about sex today just in case. In case anyone have figured it out. We talk about sex. We said sex in church. Oh, my gosh. The church needs to talk about it because the world is. And the world's putting it in front of us all the time. And I want to tell you something. This right here is still the way. It's still the answer. It's still the truth. Jesus came to make life better, your life better. And he came to make you better at life. God created sex. He's not against sex. He's just about doing it the right way. He designed it and he knows what's best. And he knows what's not best. Mm. Verse 11. No one's around. Verse 12, she grabs him, sleep with me. And Joseph, watch this, tore himself away. But he left his cloak or coat in her hand as he ran from the house. Now, a couple of things here real fast. Number one, there, there would be back in that time, two types. There was an undergarment and outer garment. But if you were a servant, if you were a slave and you were working, which he was, you did not work wearing both pieces. You did not Work wearing the outer garment. You would work with just the undergarment. And so don't just think like underwear or boxers. <laughs> Some really fine threads, man. <laughs> but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know like exactly what it looked like, but it went from the waist normally down to around the knees. When she grabbed him and pulled, what she pulled was what was all that he was wearing. When Joseph fled, he fled naked. You would run too, wouldn't you? He took off running. She was so desperate, she literally grabbed the shorts off of him. And Joseph ran. This is the second time that his his garment would be used against him for a lie. Already happened once with the coat of many colors. Read on and look what happens. Oh, let me say this first. Joseph's brothers had stripped him of his coat of many colors, but they could not strip him of his character and his integrity. She may have stripped him from what he was wearing, but she could not strip him from his character and integrity. I want to ask you this question today. What's the price of your integrity? What is the price of your integrity? How how much can you be sold for? How much is it worth to you? Verse 13, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, and yeah, he lost his coat, but not his conscience. She called out to her servant. Soon all the men came running. Yeah, they did, because all the men wanted to be her hero. And all the men knew what kind of woman she was. Can't help but think Potiphar kind of had a little insight into it also. She said, my husband has brought, she blames it on him. (laughs) My husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. This was a malicious lie. But sometimes the best of men are falsely accused. Imagine that, even in today, 2019 that sometimes the best of men are falsely accused of the worst of crimes by the worst of criminals. Imagine that. Kind of sounds like our media. Notice that this was the second time that Joseph's coat was used against him. So she keeps it until her husband comes home. And then she told him, her husband, her story. And a story it was. That Hebrew slave that you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. You ever heard this uh, poem, Hell Hath No Fury Like a Woman Scorned? Her lust all of a sudden turned into hate. Can I tell you today that lust never has good intentions? Because it's a spirit of lust, it's not the spirit of God. It's a spirit of darkness. So it it has no light. It has no desire for truth. What is right. It has no love. Lust is never love. And love is never lust. Don't get quiet on me. (laughs) Sinful love easily morphs into lustful hate. Sinful love easily morphs into sinful hate. Potiphar, verse 19, don't you know, was so furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her, that he took Joseph and he threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Watch this. Joseph had to suffer and still Trust God. Sometimes we suffer for things that we didn't do or we feel like we didn't deserve. And what God is doing is God is allowing us. He is testing us. He is building us. He is making us stronger. And he's teaching us to trust him even when we suffer. My question for us today is do you trust God even when you suffer? Do you trust him? We have missionaries with us from Southeast Asia. I'm not going to say their names. i not going to have them stand because what they do is so serious that we want them to be protected. They've laid down their lives. They're on the front row. So glad that you guys are here. Dear friends, they can tell you what it's like to suffer. They've seen it with their own eyes experienced it where they serve. What God does is God is interested in making you and I people of character because character counts. I'm going to end it here. I got more notes but I'm looking at the clock. And I want to tell you this. We live in a day and an age where the devil is telling the same old lies. Can I have your eyes right here? Let me have your eyes. I know some of you are convicted, and I don't know where you are and what you're doing. And if you feel like I'm reading your mail, you feel like I'm talking right to you, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not me looking down on you, but you need to listen to me today. If you want God's blessing, you need to walk worthy. Amen. If you want God's blessing on your marriage one day, then you better be blessable while you're dating. There are people that have twisted scripture and are even saying in 2019 that it's okay. That the longer you're together, the longer you're together, that it's okay. Like the the boundaries can just keep moving. And it's okay. Just as long as you don't do this, you can do all this. And the scripture never changed because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday and today as he will be forever God created sex and, and thank you God hello, I just want to pause today and say thank you Lord I don't know about you but I like sex, I love it want more of it now, now don't blush, you watch it on TV all the time right, can I just go there, can I just be real with you for a minute cause ain't nothing fake about me I Just want to be real for a minute. Sex is all around us and all in front of us, and the devil's telling the same old lies. Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You deserve to be happy. You love her, it's OK. You're going to marry her. Just be with her. It's OK. Uh, for some of you, for some of you, you go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And you have sex, sex, sex. And what you've come to find out is that there's something you're desiring that's bigger than sex. It's called intimacy. And that's what only heaven can bless and only heaven can bring. And God is not against sex. I said what I said earlier just to create some tension so we could create some attention. Sex is awesome. God's a good God. If you ever doubted God's love, just remember he's the one made sex. Enough said. We can preach that and just go home. But God also wrote the manual on sex. Listen to me. God wants you to have great sex. He really does. He's not against it. He's for it. But God designed sex. We're going to do a series coming up next month. We're going to talk about sex. Just in time for Valentine's Day. Guys, get ready. We fasted for 21 days. We may have a 21-day sex challenge. That's all I'm talking about. In a row. Dear God. All the men are, all the men are like, Jesus, help me. Just in case you missed my birthday, it was in December. Listen to me. Listen to me. God's not against sex. The world says it doesn't matter. It does matter. Amen. Keep yourself pure. Amen. Run from sexual sin. Listen to me. Listen to me. You want God to bless you, then do right. Do right, because God can't bless darkness. Well, we we just you know I I've, I've had people I've had people at the church that served in a leadership capacity. See, you can serve at a church. No per- perfect people allowed. But if you're in a place where you're 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 leading worship, or you you're teaching our students, or you're teaching our kids, you you, you gotta live right, man we're not going to give you a mic if you're not living right you with me like you can serve here or there not to down anything man serving the parking team all day long like that's amazing and we need you it's cold today i thank god for the parking team i told i gave i gave chuck my credit card and i said go buy them whatever they want at starbucks i know we got stuff in there but go they deserve it all those tough guys men and women were like we're good we're good Tell you something. Listen, like I've had people tell me that serving leadership capacity that, well, you know, we just, we living together, man. We're not, we not sleeping together, man. I'm, she's hot and I'm all about her, but we're not doing anything. Trust me. The Bible says abstain from the appearance, the appearance of evil. And I'm telling you, listen to me today. If you want to have a great marriage then have a great dating life and guys, keep your hands off her because she don't belong to you. She belongs to God. That's God's daughter. That guy, that's that's God's son. I'm talking about purity today. Purity. Purity matters. It still matters. And just because it's 2019, God didn't lower his standards. God says run from sexual sin. Sex was designed for marriage to keep marriages hot and keep them together because you can't have unforgiveness in your heart and have great sex more about that later (laughs) you with me you can't do that so god designed something awesome but what we do is we water it down and we take what god made organic and we make it concentrate and then we realize we get married and we've been living together, sleeping together for all these years. And what's so special about the honeymoon? I mean, it's no, not nothing special about it. Are you listening, young people? Keep yourself pure. Character counts. Run from sexual sin. I believe today, I, I'm, I'll just tell you, I rewrote this message. I already had the message. It was a totally different message than this. It was on this these verses, but it was going a totally different way. And last night, God was like, no, nope, we're going to bring it right to this. And I believe that the church of God, God's people need this today because the world, the flesh and the devil is constantly pulling at us. And I want to tell you something. If Joseph could take a stand, you can take a stand. If Joseph could refuse... You can refuse. Joseph didn't have the Bible. Joseph didn't have the Old Testament. Joseph didn't have the law. Joseph didn't have the Ten Commandments. What Joseph had was the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. And so he said, no, 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 no. How can I do this great sin against God? No, no, no. God trusts me too much. God has entrusted me with so much How could I do this great sin against Him? No, 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 no. No, yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you're hot. Yeah, that probably would be a good time. Yes, no one would find out. But the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And as for me, and one day my house, I'm still a teenager. I'm still 18. Maybe I'm 19, but I'm a teenager. I was sold when I was 17. But as for me, I'm going to stay pure today because the one I'm believing for I want to be pure also. And so I want to be the person that the person is looking for. I want to be the right one to attract the right one. You with me? Listen, you're here and you're single. Don't you dare lower your standards because your clock is ticking. What the heck? Your clock is ticking. Who made the clock? Come on. Who made the clock? He can give Sarah a baby at 100. He can give you a baby at age 24. It's okay. Are you with me? I heard about a preacher in our clothes. I heard about a preacher. He was preaching. It was a woman's conference. He, he's, pre- he's preaching. He's preaching, preaching, preaching. And he gave an invitation, asked the women, to come forward and pray. And he was just going to pray that God would bless them. And if you want God's hand on your life, if you want God's power in your life, come forward. So all these women respond, man. The altar's packed. Women are kneeling, crying out for God. And the preacher who is old forgot why he gave the invitation. And so this really happened. This is true. So all of a sudden he said, Lord, I, I just pray you to open the womb of every one of these women here. God, wanting children, they're wanting more children. God, give every one of these women a baby. And the women start taking back to their seats just, just as fast, just fast as they could. They're like, no no, no, no. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen to me, run from sexual sin and God will bless you. God will bless you, Jesus. God, we need this message today. God we're going to find out we're going to find out next week God about how your hand stayed upon Joseph and your favor hovered over Joseph and your presence empowered Joseph because he was pure and he did right before you God may that be our heart's desire and may the songs that we sing penetrate our hearts may the words that we lifted earlier actually make it down into our lifestyle may we hear what you say and do what you tell us to do keep us pure God create in us clean hands and pure hearts we pray with heads bowed and eyes closed I I just want to ask real quick my time's up I want to ask how how many say past 10 this message spoke to me I don't know where you're at there's no judgment here and there's no condemnation. And listen, if you've been living in that, confess and forsake. Proverbs says, whoever confesses and forsakes will find mercy. You need to do what's right. I have done many a wedding. We're in the wedding counseling. I ask them, are you guys staying pure? And they say no. And I, I've done it. So many times I'm going to do it today. I tell them, listen, it doesn't matter. Listen, you get married in three weeks. You get married in six months. You get married in 10 days. Be pure from here on out. Save yourself because you're saved. So save yourself. Do it God's way so God will bless you. Obedience brings blessing." disobedience brings conflict and for some people there's there's been so much conflict in your relationship and the reason is is you're going about it the wrong way you're you're not doing it god's way and so you are going to fuss and you are going to fight and you are going to be like do i even love this person anymore and if you just confess the sin and if you turn from it you know what happened your relationship with that person that you really do love would be spared i believe with all my heart so god may your truth fall where it needs today And if you're here and you say this message, I need it. Raise your hand all over, would you? Raise it. You're in Navarre, Raise it. You're watching online. Raise your hand. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. You're in Gulf Breeze. Raise it. Men at Blackwater, raise your hand. Jesus, I pray. I pray, God, that you would help us all. And I pray this over us all. For those of us, God, that are living pure, I pray you would keep us pure. Keep us from sin that we don't cause shame and pain and for people today where this message was convicting god i pray lord jesus that it wouldn't step on their toes but it would reshape the heart lord god to follow you with everything they have or to live for you to love you jesus god if we want the power of god then we need to be pure god we were created to be different so today god i just pray a prayer a dedication god over us today that we would be pure and we would run from sexual sin and that when the enemy raises his ugly head because we've been walking with you we've been talking with you we'll be able to resist because the word is in us and that's how we resist we do it the same way Jesus did with God's word we resist so may we read it may we know it may we memorize it so when temptation comes we will run from sexual sin and then with heads bowed and eyes closed no one looking around if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus and become a Jesus follower today is your day the gospel starts off that God made everything beautiful and perfect and then sin entered the world and because of disobedience death and we've been dying ever since. But just like one man messed it up, one man fixed it up and made it right. And Jesus came to this earth. He never sinned. He traded places with you and I. He became our sin and he paid the penalty of that sin, which is death. So you and I could be made right with God. And if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That means you'll be forgiven. It means you'll be made brand new. That means that your sins past, present, and future will be flushed because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin there's no one here who sinned too much that god can't forgive there's no one here that you are too low that mercy won't reach down and grace won't embrace you i'm telling you today listen if you came in a sinner you can leave a saint today because he is in this place and he's mighty to forgive he's quick to forgive he's slow to anger and he is quick to mercy so while there is time call on the name of the lord and you will be saved with heads bowed and eyes closed I'm going to lead us in a sinner's prayer. We pray it out loud so no one prays it alone. Right where you're at, repeat after me. And if you've never prayed this before right now, transfer your trust from your religion, from your works, to Christ alone. To the fact that he died, he was buried, and he rose again right now. Here we go. Would you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I feel your love today. And I receive your love. Teach me how to live. Right now, I give you my life. And I receive your life. Thank you for loving me. For dying for me. I believe you rose again. And I say thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer today for the first time. Everyone looking up. No heads bowed. No eyes closed couple seconds of courage wherever you are i want you to hold it up high here we go on the count of three. One, two, three. right now hold it up that's right that's right i see your hand i see your hand that's right don't be don't be afraid hold it up high i saw your hand come on Navar. come on hold it up high let's go Blackwater. raise it up hold it up you're watching online today Please let us know if you're watching via Facebook or however you're watching. Let us know that today you crossed the line of faith. And I want to encourage you, whether you raise your hand or not, that doesn't save you. You pray that prayer and you ask Jesus to come in. He came in.